what up? Welcome back to Sam Dunks, the weekly NBA show over here at Slab Stocks. I'm your host, Sam. Today is Monday, March 8th. That means last night was the NBA All-Star Game, marking the midway point of the season. It's a 72-game season this year, 36 games for the most part for most teams uh, that have already finished, 36 more to go. In the NBA, it's usually a tale of two halves. We have the excitement at the beginning of the season it kind of wanes as we head into the all-star break and then after the all-star break we can expect things to start picking up in the popularity and the excitement and the narratives to start shifting as we get closer to the playoffs with that being the case we can also expect quite a few cards to change pretty drastically from here on out through the rest of the regular season Generally, if we're chasing storylines as they're happening, we're probably going to be playing from behind, probably not going to be making a whole ton of money with our investments. So I'm just doing a little prognosticating today, trying to figure out what are some of the big storylines to watch as we look forward through the rest of the season, uh, just to try and help you figure out where you can throw your money if you're trying to invest it in sports cards. Uh, starting out, we'll be looking at a, uh, not a team, but a player specifically. That player is Zion Williamson, the young fella, the uber sophomore from the New Orleans Pelicans. It's been a strange return back to earth in his card market over the over the past you know nine months or so for Zion Williamson. I've got his 2019 Mosaic Genesis PSA 9 rookie card on the screen. Uh, there haven't been a whole ton of auctions to chart, only seven of them going back to last June. But this particular card has seen a drop of 33% overall. And really, in my opinion, just one of the most beautiful color schemes that are out there at the moment. Uh, Genesis, it is rather rare. I believe it's short printed. It's also a retail exclusive. There's only 47 PSA 10s of this particular card. Uh, there's so nice colors, nice color matching along with the jersey. Beautiful card. Should be a nice long-term hold, which is why I decided to throw it on the screen today. I understand psychologically why Zion's market has subsided over the past nine months. You know, it's so propped up on speculation before he even played a game. It didn't even really matter what he looked like when he came out of the gate. It wasn't going to be matching expectations. And he was excellent out of the gate. But then there's a bit of a rough patch during the NBA bubble. The market soured a bit on him. And perhaps the oversaturation of Zion content last year has determined that it just wasn't going to jump right back in with him right away this season. But again, he's been very good. And it sure seems like the groundswell of support is finally coming back for him. Uh, I've just pulled up his per game scoring outputs over his entire career so far. The blue lines on the left side of the chart represent his first regular season. The red on the right side are his current season. The purple in the middle, that is his NBA bubble performance. And we all remember, that was just really rather disappointing. Not just for Zion, but even for the Pelicans overall and the entire league, since the NBA pretty much set up the entire play-in tournament as a way to try to get Zion into the NBA playoffs. Now, the orange line that's ticking across the page is his career per game scoring average. And during that rough stretch, we see his scoring average drop by a couple points overall. It was a pretty sizable drop percentage wise. And then this season, he began a bit rusty on the overall scoring. And we see the career scoring average slip yet again, as during the first 10 games of this regular season, he was shooting at just about league average with an effective field goal percentage of 54.7%. Well, in the time since then, 
He's been on a roll. In the last 24 games, he's shooting with extreme efficiency, sporting an effective field goal percentage of 65%, and his career average points per game has increased steadily right up along the way on the cusp of breaking 25 points per game for his career, which, by the way, still only 58 games played. All right, just looking at this season's scoring output, we again see a rather rough beginning to the season. Uh, he had five games at the beginning of the year where he was averaging under 20 points per game, but ever since then, he's just consistently raised his scoring average. He broke past the 25 point per game mark for this season on February 17th. And really in this league, 25 points per game is just one of those thresholds at which we consider a player an elite scorer. And that puts him in the top 5% of the league by per game scoring. Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer had a, a great video a couple of weeks ago that you can find on The Ringer's YouTube channel, I believe. It's called Zion Williamson is a Playmaking Wrecking Ball. And it was featuring the recent change of his offensive usage. You know, Zion's one of those players just like Giannis Antetokounmpo. You know, that people love to call out for this perceived lack of offensive diversity. You know, they only shoot it at the rim, and supposedly that's supposed to be a bad thing. You know, but really with both of those guys, everyone knows exactly where they're going to shoot it. And still, there are very few teams that are able to slow them down. You know, it's just like the 1960s Packers. All they ran was the power sweep. Everyone knew it, and they ran it to two straight Super Bowl victories. You know, there's some things in sports that are just inevitable, and Zion Williamson getting to the hoop is one of those. Now, the great thing that we've seen with is the uh, recently is the adaptation with both Zion and Giannis. Now, Giannis has been operating a lot more as the role man, playing the two-man pick and roll game with Chris Middleton. He's just been slipping in behind the defensive wall, catching lobs. It's it's been extremely effective. The adjustment for Zion has come on the other side of the pick and roll. He's been operating much more frequently as the ball handler, which is what Kevin O'Connor is explaining with the slide that I have on the screen. Uh, this, this slide, it features a five-game rolling average of the number of such plays for Zion per game. Currently, Zion's being used as the pick-and-roll ball handler more than either Ben Simmons or Giannis Antetokounmpo, which is incredible to even consider based on how we know those two players are used even barely being used as a ball handler to start the regular season. Uh, by the way, he never even was used as the pick and roll ball handler last season, but starting slowly into that role at the beginning of this year, he has now been used in this position for 10% of all of his plays on the year, a number which will continue to rise as he uses it more. And he's in the 91st percentile in the league operating as the ball handler in the pick and roll, which means he's among the top eight most effective players in the league when deployed as such. So, the Pelicans have been adjusting and they've really begun to thrive on the offensive end by giving Zion more of the playmaking responsibility. Here is the track of the Pelicans 2020-2021 offensive rating as we've proceeded throughout the year. Uh, started out a bit rough, clearly, if you're looking at the chart right now. And those first impressions have most people thinking the Pelicans just aren't very good. And well, I guess really they're, they're not very good, or they haven't been very good, but they have gotten better and better on the offensive end all the way through the year. They're currently sporting an elite offensive rating of 115.6 points per game. The league leaders around the league are the Nets at 118.2, then it's the Bucks at 117 even. Clippers are third with an offensive rating of 116.8. Utah, 116.7. Denver, 116.5. And then there's our boy leading his team to the sixth best offensive rating in the league. And that's even after a rather slow start, which was dragging the team average down. Really just impressive stuff. And yet, in spite of all this, Zion's Mosaic Genesis PSA 10 rookie, again, it's down 33% since its last sale. 
His PSA 10 Prism Silver Rookie Card is down 29% since the beginning of the regular season. His super short printed select courtside base rookie is down 35% since the beginning of the regular season. All of this means, in my opinion, that the general public just hasn't been paying very much attention. I strongly believe that Zion's market will come back. And now that we're past the All-Star break, and again, this is when the, this is the time when narratives begin shifting as we gear up for the second half of the year heading into the NBA playoffs, it seems inevitable to me that the average NBA fan will start to realize just how good Zion's been. He's still only 20, 20 years old, by the way. Uh, if you have several thousand dollars, and you do need several thousand dollars to do it, but if you do have that in order to, to be able to invest right now, Zion Williamson, solid buy at the moment. And certainly in the long term, in my opinion, there's tons of growth potential, but also even in the short term, I believe we'll see a positive market correction. Now, the Pelicans are, again, they're not super great. They're only 15 and 21. Uh, so not good. They're sitting at 11th place in the West. If they don't start creeping up the standings, then maybe we won't see a big swing in Zion's market this year. But the improvements that he's been making, the effectiveness of his offensive game, it's all too great to continue to ignore. And he's certainly worth looking into. Now, a word of caution, if you're going to be buying for a long-term hold, and there are 186 Zion Select Courtside PSA 10s currently in circulation. There are 1,155 Prism Silvers in circulation. I have to imagine that with about 3 million cards or something like that waiting to be graded at PSA, that disparity is going to grow even larger. And at the moment, you can buy just about two and a half super short printed Select Courtside PSA 10s for the same price as one Prism Silver PSA 10. Just some food for thought. I want to look at some other general, you know, more big picture storylines that I expect to be seeing in the second half of the season. Every single team has different storylines to watch, which will end up affecting your, your card prices. But I just want to look up some of the bigger ones or some of the more interesting ones to me. First up, probably the most under radar elite team that we have in the league right now. That is the Phoenix Suns. You know, like many teams, they just don't get the press that the Los Angeleses and the Bostons of the world get, but they do deserve so much more. Over the last 15 games, they are 13 and 2, with the second best record in the league overall at 24 and 11. They also have the second best net rating in the league with a plus 6.6 .6 points per 100 possessions. You know, they seem like they have the chops to, to keep this up. You have the high-end talent in Devin Booker, along with CP3, who is one of the best vets to have on any young team, in my opinion. Jay Crowder is another valuable vet to have on the team. Just ask the Miami Heat about that. Uh, they also have other good young players around the roster, like Matt Cal Bridges, who's been excellent on both sides of the court. DeAndre Ayton, who who's, hasn't wowed offensively, but he's just been phenomenal on the defensive end, leading the third best defense in the league. I really believe they should continue to be able to keep up this, uh, this type of winning, provided that they continue with their good health. And if that's the case, I would expect a bit more of the national spotlight to start shining on them moving forward. You know, especially with Anthony Davis's return timetable still somewhat unclear and the Lakers struggling in his absence, we'll need that top end Western Conference talk to go somewhere it could easily start going down south towards the Phoenix Suns. Now, I'd expect that to affect a few players' card markets, first among them being Devin Booker. His Prism Silver PSA 10 rookie card hasn't been sold in about a month, and it is down 20% since the beginning of the regular season. That could easily be just due to the general down nature of the Prism market so far this year. But I do expect positive returns for Booker in the short term over the next several months, regardless of what card you're looking at. 
Uh, could also affect DeAndre Ayton. He's mostly been flying under the radar as his best contributions are to the defensive side of the ball, and that doesn't get most people very excited. Uh, but there might be some limited upside due to his um, current role on the team, so I don't know that I'm recommending investing him, but I could imagine if the Suns get this added notoriety that he might see a little bump. It might also affect Mikhail Bridges. You know, Although his market has seen you know, such a general increase uh, this season, you know, already due to some of the extreme growth as an all-around player that we've seen from him. So if you're looking for a short-term flip, I don't feel as confident about short games for, for Bridges as I do like I would Booker, um, but I still feel really good about Bridges overall as player moving forward. The only team that's been better than the Suns is the Utah Jazz. They're 27-9. and nine. Uh, at 27 and 9 they have the best record in the league by a good margin over the past 15 games they are 11 and 4 uh, they also have the best net rating in the league at a plus 8.9 everything they've done so far indicates that this should continue throughout the regular season and this is the wild card storyline in my opinion because it will go in one of two different ways and i have no idea which one it will be and we saw with the all-star draft you know, with uh, lebron and kd both mitchell and gobert were the very last two picks available which they certainly didn't deserve based on their team success and their level of play but there's a bit of pettiness going on there uh, it was the result of them going out into the media several times recently and speaking out about you know not getting respected and things like that now, moving forward, it will either be more of that narrative, you know, with other teams little brothering them and then the fans joining in the mix and talking about how they're nothing until they prove it in the playoffs, you know, just general disrespect, or there will be a big swell in support to defend them on the basis of how good they've been. And really, I don't know that there's going to be any in between, and I have no idea which way the public sentiment will go. Now, the players that this will affect one way or the other, again, are obviously Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. With more of the market reactions probably going to be going Donovan Mitchell's way just due to their roles on the team. So kind of a risky second half play here just because it's so hard to gauge where public sentiment will turn next. Uh, but certainly interesting. I do expect the, the market coverage to shift tremendously one way or the other over the coming months. Next up, we have the Miami Heat. They've not had the type of season that most people were expecting, and there are a number of reasons for this. Uh, the shots just aren't falling like they used to. You know, Jay Crowder's departure has hurt more than expected. Uh, Goran Dragic is, is another year older. But probably the biggest factor in their year so far has been circumstances related to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. You know, of all the teams in the league, they've had the second most games missed due to COVID protocols. The most has been the San Antonio Spurs, but the Spurs have had six players combined to miss 32 games, while the Heat have had nine players combined to miss their 31. They've been hit by it much more than the majority of the league, and because of it, they've also had to trot out 18 different starting lineups, which is the third most starting lineups in the league. Very tough to establish any sort of continuity or, or rapport under those circumstances, but the good news for Heat fans anyways, not maybe not for the rest of the East, but the good news for Heat fans is that despite all this, they're sitting at 500 with 18 wins and 18 losses. Jimmy Butler has missed 14 games so far, but in the games that he has played, the Heat are 14 and eight. If he stays on the cart more over the last half of the year and assuming generally better health for the team moving forward, the Heat should be a strong storyline as a hot team over the course of the rest of the regular season. They also have one of the easiest schedules of the second half based on ELO rating, which is certainly going to be helping that cause. 
Of course, there are a ton of players on this Heat team seemingly that are investable. Jimmy Buckets, Tyler Harrow, Precious Atrua, uh, Duncan Robinson even, and some others. But probably the one whose market probably would shift the most along with the team would be Bam Adebayo. He's seemingly received a lot of the blame for the Heat's struggles so far, and uh, his Prism Silver PSA 10 rookie card market has been cut 25% over the course of the season so far. If things start looking up in Miami, as I expect they will, things should be looking up in BAM's marketplace too. And then the last storyline that I wanted to talk about for today would be regarding the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, they've been a pleasant surprise this season after a few disappointments. Uh, they're currently seventh in the Western Conference with an 18 and 14 record. Nothing about their net rating screams that they should be anything greater than 500, uh, but they have missed the most games so far due to COVID-19. And Derek White only just recently got healthy although he did miss the last five games. In the seven games in which he played this past month, the Spurs went five and two, so pretty good. Uh, it's due to these three players, Derek White, DeJounte Murray, De DeJounte Murray, uh, Keldon Johnson, and it's due to those three players that things are looking up currently for San Antonio. And when they've been able to play together, they sport a net rating of plus 16.5 points uh, during their minutes together. It's only 69 minutes, of course, over Derek White's seven healthy games, but it's certainly something that's very encouraging. Uh, in general, just a very fun team to watch. You know, certainly much more fun than I remember them being over the past few years. I'm not sure if they'll be able to keep it all up, but if they can maintain their current position or at least be in position to participate in the play-in tournament before the playoffs, I could see an upswing in support for this plucky underdog. You know, we see it frequently, just like with Oklahoma City last year. There's a lot of teams that, a lot of fans that support uh, the young, fun teams that perform better than expectations. And should that all happen, nice, steady growth should be seen in these three young players' markets, although at a differing levels, certainly. A word of caution to that narrative would be if the Spurs traded away DeRozan or Aldridge during the season, uh, you know, while neither of them are world beaters anymore, it would damage the Spurs' playoff chances, I do believe, probably pretty obviously. However, the Spurs have only made two in-season trades over the past decade. I'd probably bank on them not making any more moves at all. All right, those are the storylines that I'm looking at, that I'm monitoring. Uh, some more storylines out there with individual players, some more out there with individual teams, uh, but you can expect a ton of things to be shifting in the coming months. So the best way to get ready for it is to prepare, to anticipate, to analyze where teams are at right now and where they might be coming up pretty soon. Try and beat the market to those players and then capitalize once the storyline starts shifting. Uh, as always, I wanna thank you so much for joining in and we'll see you next week.